We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Timeline is a Blue Wire podcast. Moran works off the screen, raising up from mid-range, and that is the sweet spot for Kevin Durant. Welcome to the Timeline of Phoenix Suns Podcast. Sam, how's it going? What is up, my friend, listeners out there? We're, uh, we don't usually do this, but we're kind of riding the adrenaline bump right now. We just <laughs> had an awesome playback after a game. Um, and yeah, we don't usually do these kind of live post-game reaction pods in the regular season. We do them, obviously, all throughout the playoffs. We had to record tonight. Yeah. I mean- the, the hype was insane. And... That game lived up to the hype. Yeah, it was amazing. It actually lived up to the hype. It was fantastic for a number of reasons that I think we're about to get into. Yeah, the only disappointing part about it is that it was against Charlotte. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this yeah, is yeah. not no, their I fault. Know. Okay. You know, one of the worst teams in the league, you know, 20 I'll say 43 quick, record. Big picture thinking, you know, major huge narratives. We're going to win the championship. We're going to sweep everyone. Like, I'm not. <laughs> We're not doing any of that tonight no. based on a win over Charlotte. And you're right. Maybe the fact that it was against Charlotte without LaMelo Ball takes that away from us a little bit. But I still think for what we've always tried to do, and I know you agree with this, mm-hmm. of kind of like really getting into the nitty gritty about kind of the way the team's playing, the the strategy, if you will. Um, yeah. There's, there's still a lot of awesome stuff to, to take away from a game like that. And that's going to apply against Charlotte. It's going to apply against Milwaukee, Boston, and Denver, too. So like that, it was it was just awesome to see KD on the court, seamlessly transitioning into their system offensively and defensively, um, and to play like a solid 25, 26 minutes without pain in his knee and just give an awesome performance. In- incredible debut for him, ten for fifteen uh, for Kevin Durant, twenty three points, two blocks by the way in the first quarter, two assists. Six rebounds, just amazing defense by Kevin Durant, haunting the the Charlotte Hornets as a secondary rim protector, and just an an incredible game for the team in general. I thought there was a lot of interesting interesting things to take away. I've talked a lot today, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> we just talked for three hours. Come on, 
and do a podcast immediately afterwards. But uh, it was just, I think the hype, like you said, the hype was there from the beginning. There was over a hundred people in the, our playback stream before the game even before started. Before the game started. <laughs> and it's just, yeah. it's so cool to see it work out. You know, you don't want to see a disappointing debut and, and you didn't. You saw Kevin Durant come in and be Kevin Durant. And look, the the real lasting thing that people are going to remember from watching this game and just watching Kevin Durant in general is that it doesn't matter if the other team plays good defense. He's just so tall and he makes great jump shots. And that, I think, you know, you saw it to start this game. First few buckets by KD were sort of improv buckets. You know, they were not necessarily within the Suns' offensive sets. It's just when, when things don't go well, and the ball swings to Kevin Durant, you're just going to get a great shot out of it. And before, the Suns could do that with Devin Booker, but the level of which that goes up in not just having two guys, but the second guy being Kevin Durant, it's just, it was so obvious in this game from the very beginning that that's what it's going to be like for the rest of the season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, also just it would be remiss of us not to mention maybe Book is is actually the headline leaner, uh, yeah, leader incredible game. out of this game. 37 points, 6 rebounds, 7 assists. And just the the craziest thing here, he took, if anyone was worried about how these two are going to fit together and Book <laughs> is going to be like, you know, relegated to a number two and I don't know, he's not going to get his touches. I feel like that's not a talking point I've seen a ton, but maybe some people out there thought it. He took 26 shots tonight uh, to Katie's 15. Mm-hmm. Book's and Katie, get 26 to- minutes total, you know, on a minutes restriction too. Yeah, but even Book, I mean, in this game only had to play 33. This <laughs> was not a, a game point. where he had to play 39 or 40 minutes, and he got to 37 points and seven assists with only one turnover. Um, he's going to get his looks. He's going to get his shots. If I had to guess, on the whole, on average, KD's still going to be taking slightly more for the rest of the season, if I had to guess. But that is very much just like a, slightly educated guess at this point i, I think it will depend that, on minutes too you know booker might play for more. sure for sure he might play more he might play more especially with the minutes restriction although i i think we're gonna get katie back to to 30 plus yeah pretty soon if not immediately um but the level of comfort that those two displayed together on offense it was immediate i mean there was and, and we kind of hypothesized that it would look this way but there was no adjustment period that i could see yeah, absolutely and you know the comfortability of those two guys in particular playing together is because they have played together before in that they played in the olympics together and they were two of the main pieces two of the highest minute getters in the olympics so they're clearly comfortable with each other but brian windhorst he went on to nba today today and he said that the Suns had a mini training camp, which is something we expected to happen during All-Star break. But basically, they said a lot of people take breaks during All-Star break, and the Suns didn't. He said that Devin Booker and Kevin Durant were working every single day during that All-Star break, and essentially the Suns worked together as a team to try to be prepared because of how little time they have left to get ready. And as games go, teams, I don't know if most people know this, but most NBA teams don't have a lot of practices during the season. There's just too many games and guys need days off to rest their bodies. So they use that break as an opportunity to work together and try to get to the place where they could play really well. And to start with strategy, uh, you know, to start with game plan, I think one place we could start with Sam is saying who started. And that was Josh Kogi because it was Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Josh Kogi, 
and DeAndre and you know we had some level of uh, you know discourse I'll say about who that fifth starter could be and and you and I were pretty definitive in our support for that fifth guy being Josh Okogie were most pe- I you know we like all got the, there I feel like yeah I mean we all got there within a matter of a week it felt like because Okogie they they had his stats up on the broadcast and over the past six games you can't deny uh, you can't argue with what his production has been recently he's been phenomenal um but yeah that discourse that you're referring to kind of carried us <laughs> through all last week it felt like like we were really <laughs> really hammering home the point of we need Josh Okogie to start one big question they had one big question yeah <laughs> he is by far the best point of attack defender remaining on this roster and the question is just going to be he's going to be the guy left open in the corner, when the Suns look to swing on offense and the defense is scrambling, Josh Okogie is going to get open threes. To what extent can he nail those open threes? To what extent can he drive yeah. out of the corner and, and you know, become a playmaker? And I think that, you know, those questions will persist. That remains to be seen. Tonight, he only had four points in 33 minutes. Yeah. But for the most part, in most games against opponents like these, Josh Okogie can score four points in 33 minutes yeah. and still be one of the most impactful players he on the floor. Great. He, he was great. He was everywhere on defense and it was constant and it was just a level of impact that you could immediately see that Tory can't bring that ish can't bring uh that tj warren uh can't bring certainly you know that that no other wing on this roster can bring so he's got to be that guy and you know offense is obviously a big picture thing to take away from this game it was against the charlotte hornets so i'm not gonna overthink it but the suns did win a game where one starter had two points and another had four uh which (laughs) They you know, surrendered 91 points. That's yeah. objectively. In, actually, That's what I was going to say. The defense, to me, is more of what's going to stick with me and what I saw in my mind from this game more than the offense. Absolutely. The NBA in 2023, where we're at, offensive ratings are like 115 for every team right now or something. Plus, uh, to hold any team to 91 points, even if Lamella balls out, even if they have struggled, I mean, they, they still have guys on that team who can score. Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier, Kelly Oubre certainly tried his best to... Um, <laughs> to throw up 25 or 30 shots. I don't know how many he actually finished with. 24. Um 24 and shots. and I'll give him I'll give him credit cuz he started like 2 for 14 and at a certain Guess point how many in the third assists, quarter. Though. Uh one. I mean one, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the box score. There's a reason that the yeah. Suns got rid of him. Yeah. Uh, there's it's the same reason actually that the Suns got rid of TJ Warren the first time. Um <laughs> Who played I well think, today. I think he played well yeah. and I think that's important. We can we can cover that later, but uh yeah, any team to hold any team to 91 points defensively uh, is an accomplishment in the NBA in 2023. And I think it all comes back where we can start with um, is the strategy we were talking about with Steven on his last episode, who was also on the playback tonight and just really want to give him credit again. Cause he was the first guy I heard talking about it. The, the weak side protection that KD brings the amount of length that you have now between KD and Deandre Ayton in your front court allows DeAndre Ayton to be so much more aggressive in his pick and roll defensive coverage and and in the schemes that you can play. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't even just Ayton. You pointed out that we've been seeing a lot of it out of Jock Landale in the backup spot as well. And so just overall, systematically, we saw the Suns playing much, much higher on pick and rolls defensively. Everyone else would shift around and cover in the gaps. And when those guys cover in the gaps are Kevin Durant and Josh Okogie and Chris Paul too, who has fantastic hands, um, good things are going to come out of it and you're going to force turnovers and you're going to trap ball handlers. And we certainly saw the effects tonight. It looked 
amazing. It, it really did. And, you know, I'm going to find that play and, and post it online just so everyone could see it in action. But the, the basics of it that you're talking about, and it happened more than once, but it, it was essentially when there's a pick and roll with DeAndre and involved DeAndre and has played in a drop, which we've talked about recently, the majority of the time, 99% of the time this season. And what that means is when he's involved in the pick and roll, he's guarding the screener, right? He takes a step back. He's usually maybe one foot in the paint or even further at times and tries to contain both the person with the ball and the roller until the person whose screen gets back into the play and then they can decide either to switch or not switch at that point. In this specific game, and what we've seen, not just of Jock in this game, but of Jock in the last few games, which I thought was by design, right? They were testing it out a little bit with Jock Lando before DeAndre Ayton was set in the game to do it, was Ayton was playing basically at the level of the screen. Even in some cases, you could call it somewhat of a soft trap where he was containing the ball handler at the screen and not letting them get around it. And the reason they can do that is because Kevin Durant will come off of his man in the corner and just stand at the rim under the paint, right, in the paint. Be ready for anyone who may escape out of there and stop them at the rim. And this kind of defense is, is it's what Jokic plays, right? And, you know, a lot of, I, w- I would say it, like a lot of centers who are not great at moving their feet play it. The Suns are not necessarily doing it with Aiden because of that reason, but what it does for a lot of teams is it forces them to take shots in the mid-range or just pass out of it and create an isolation. And this is good news for the Suns, right? If teams do it against the Suns, which they do, the Suns have a bunch of guys who can shoot from the mid-range. Other teams don't, really. Right. There's just That's, not a lot of guys who can do it. It's the big gamble of the rest of their season. If you can force other teams to try and engage in this mid-range battle with you, you believe in the mid-range ability of Kevin Durant and Chris Paul and Devin Booker, obviously, and you have faith. DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. And DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. Um, Other guys, not so much, but those four, yeah. And, you know, you have confidence that you can win that battle nine times out of ten, if not more. Yeah, and I think it's a good it's a good bet. I mean, it's what the Suns have been betting on. It's, it's actually what Chris Paul teams have been doing for, like, the last ten years, right? Force teams to take mid-range shots and take more mid-range shots than them and make them. And it's 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 common in the playoffs for teams to revert to that kind of basketball. And that's what the Suns have been constantly betting on with how they built the team. And I think the way that they've moved into this Kevin Durant era, I mean, it's it's so much of a double down on that bet. It's more than that, even, right? You're kind of tripling down on this bet and trying to win that way. And I think it's a smart gamble and I'm interested to see how it works against better teams because the Hornets are the Hornets. And like you said, they're missing their best player. They played hard, right? The Hornets clearly wanted to win this game. It's not like they gave up halfway through, but there's nothing they can do against this Suns team. You know, can the Suns beat good teams with Chris Paul only scoring two points? Sometimes maybe. Yeah. I I know that's the least of my worries. To be honest, Chris Paul scoring two points, least of my worries. He shot one of eight tonight. I think, you know, an off night for Chris, but he'll shoot better. One thing that I was pointing out on the playback, um, but this has always been a thing with Chris, just that he needs to shoot catch-and-shoot threes. If you're going to be on the floor with at the same time as Kevin Durant, then they need to figure out how they're going to flow a little bit better because we've stressed so much the versatility of KD. I think it's awesome that you can input him into any position uh, and he can be the pick-and-roll ball handler, but then that means that if he's sharing the floor with Chris, Chris is going to be on the wing, and Chris needs to be ready to either shoot or... Um, or attack a closeout quickly. And we know that that always, hasn't always been his greatest strength. So it's going to be something they work out. But two points for Chris tonight doesn't worry me. You can beat good teams with Chris Paul scoring zero points. And uh, I truly believe that. 
I do think. Are you ready to kind of pivot more towards offense? We only no, talked actually, about defense I wanna, for a bit. I want to stay on Aiton just for a minute here because okay, I think I it. think he was just awesome. Awesome in this game. 16 points, 16 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 block, only 1 turnover, 5 fouls, but I'm not worried about that. But also 7 for 10. And I think Aiton, you know, Aiton averages basically 14 field goal attempts per game this season. And he's not, I, I, he's not going to get that the rest of this season. He he's just not. I would be very surprised if he was taking 14 or more field goal attempts on average for the rest of the season. And what that means is that if he's not getting the shots, it's it's vital. It's incredibly important for him to do everything else well. And he was so good in this game, moving his feet defensively, getting rebounds, making the right reads and just being a guy who in some ways, if you're not play, paying close attention, you might not even realize how great he's doing. Like if you're just somebody kind of zooming in from another fan base to watch KD's first game, maybe you don't realize that Aiton was great. But it, I know the people watch, are listening to this podcast and people who watch this game that listen to this podcast can recognize a great game by him where maybe he doesn't have 20 points. And this was such a great example of how impactful he can be within a system that includes Kevin Durant. And it was great to see right off the bat because the importance of DeAndre in this season is incredibly high. You and I, Sam, we went on the Hardwood Knox podcast hosted by Dan Favalli, our friend, and he called, Dan called DeAndre maybe the most important defender on any team for the rest of the season. And I think that is such a great way to point out the importance of what he is and what he can do for this team. So I think it was important to point it out because I just thought he was excellent in this game. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Suns, if if we face the types of contending teams on our road to the finals or in the finals that we think we will, right? If the likely candidates are there, if the Bucks are there in the East, or if the Nuggets are there in the Western Conference Finals, you can't beat these teams without Aiton playing that role on defense that we need. You just can't. Yes. And so you know, the, to, the importance of him point, doing it, even if he doesn't get 15 shot attempts, is it's just so much more important than before. Right. And 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 I let me just say the balance of power on on um offense tonight. 
I thought the Suns did still do a good job of trying to feed him a little bit and trying yeah. to reward him with some touches. And and it's going to be a very touch and feel thing for the rest of the season. But I think they'll be able to succeed in keeping him happy on offense. It's not going to be purely a, we just want you to grab 15 rebounds and play this more aggressive defensive scheme. And that's all you're going to do. He's going to continue to be rewarded. He just doesn't have to carry the same type of load as before because Kevin Durant's there now. And, yeah. and that should be very natural for him, hopefully. Well, I'm excited to see it because if he, if he can be, and this is always a question with him, but this is a different kind of pressure than before. If he can be this engaged going forward, you know, the defense was great tonight. Really genuinely great by everyone. And I think that the combination of Akogi being just incredibly disruptive and sort of not knowing what Aiton's going to do, you know, if you're on the other team, if he's going to play you high, if he's going to be at the rim in that drop, if he's going to trap, if he's going to, you know, go hard on that trap, you know, you just don't know. And that kind of unpredictability from DeAndre, and I think is it could be really fascinating because this is a new era of DeAndre and playing that high on the screen, they don't do. And also there were times in this game too when the action involved both KD and DeAndre, they were just switching that, right? Because KD's yeah, on a they on can. a forward. Yeah, and they just yeah. can switch that, right? Because KD can handle the center. Most of the time, for those who don't pay close attention with, with DeAndre in this season, they'll switch everything else. You know, if 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 the action involves any of the four other players, they'll One switch through four, it. yeah. Right. But it, yeah. but if Aiton's involved, they don't. But now they can. And they just that kind of versatility you know, having the ability as a team to be versatile, but adding the versatility that DeAndre Ayton in theory can have for the rest of the season can be really exciting. And it's probably outside of offensively what these guys could do, probably going to be the thing that I pay the most attention to for the rest of the season. They've got the potential if they want to have one of the most complicated and intricate defenses yes. uh, in the NBA. I think where you don't want to get players wa- uh, lost in the weeds a little bit is maybe with some of the role guys who aren't necessarily known for defense or, or who are only going to play 15 minutes per game. I think we've seen it a little with maybe this is a reason TJ hasn't played so much or Terrence Ross, who was injured tonight. But but I think we've talked about how he struggled a little bit defensively in his first few games. Some of those decisions of when to switch, when not to switch, it's going to be interesting for me to kind of track um, what their logic is going to be there. But absolutely versatility is the word they have versatility now they have options so um if anything monty might try to need to find ways to simplify some things uh some some concepts for guys yeah that's that is a good point there's a lot of i mean in this game alone i guess tj warren and kevin durant were the main new guys playing uh but then you know you have other guys that can come in and play later terrence ross was out for this game he, he needs to terrence ross was not understanding the Suns' scheme <laughs> defensively in the last few games and they need time to to figure that out but you wanted to talk about offenses or somewhere that you would like to start well yeah i mean it's with what you were talking about before um this concept of rim pressure is going to come up a lot as people try and knock the suns for various things the rest of the season if they're not talking about health they're going to talk about rim pressure the idea that suns aren't getting to the line enough they're not getting enough free throws this is something that i've talked about for years i've wanted the suns to add rim pressure and So I start there because I acknowledge that it's a very important thing. Even in a game like tonight, when the Suns were getting to the free throw line and they finished with only 15 free throw attempts, uh, we were laughing about the fact on the playback stream that it was just so often like these mid-range jumpers. I think the only ones that weren't 
we're a Kogi and then Aiden just getting fouled at the rim. Yeah. A Kogi throwing his body into random people when the Suns were already in the bonus so that yeah. he could get to the free throw line. He's awesome. <laughs> but um, I called it his version of Chris Paul's rip through. Yeah. Wait till they're in the bonus and then just do something ridiculous. Violence. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just violence. Um, no, but otherwise, like, yeah, with KD and book, it was the mid range stuff. And they finished with 15 free throw attempts to Charlotte's 28. And they finish with 25 three-point attempts to Charlotte's 33. Particularly, those are the types of games that are interesting to me. When you have not only fewer free throws, but also fewer three-point attempts than the opposition, it really means that your offense is focalized so much around that mid-range area. Now, is this going to be an issue? I think against certain opponents, it could potentially be an issue. However, two things. First of all, Kevin Durant, on his career, is a guy who gets to the rim a decent amount. Um, is a guy who applies a certain amount of rim pressure. And I do think as he adjusts um, and plays a little bit less conservatively, perhaps, than he was tonight, being that it was his debut and he's coming off a knee injury, I do think like 15 field goal attempts to one free throw attempt for KD tonight, that's not normal for him. We're going to see that number go up. That's the first thing. The second thing is that rim pressure is important, but the NBA is also really weird right now. The level of parity that we currently have, I mean, just last year, the Golden State Warriors won the NBA Finals. They ranked 26th in the NBA in free throw attempts per game. They beat the Boston Celtics in the Finals. The Boston Celtics ranked 24th in free throw attempts per game. So this idea that you can't win right now in the NBA, like unless you just are one of these teams that spams free throws and griffs and is top 10 in, in free throw rate or whatever, it's just not true. Certainly, it's something that helps. Like, I always talk about guys need to have a bread and butter. The easiest bread and butter in the NBA playoffs, for sure, is a guy who can just get to the rim at will. So, for sure, if you're going up against Giannis, that's going to pose an issue. And that's part of the reason why Milwaukee is competitive and they're always in that conversation year after year. But the idea that you can't win without that, with the NBA currently, like, what the landscape being what it is, it's just false. And so, I, I... this is not like super high on my list of concerns for the Suns at the well, moment, at least not to the extent that I see some people talking about it. You know, and I'm, I've always been just slightly less worried about that than you, but I, I think the Suns taking less, the combination of taking less three pointers and getting less free throws is a tough combination to win in the playoffs. But I just want to point out just how absurd Kevin Durant is offensively from the mid range. It's not normal guys. It's not. You know, for his career, between about three feet and 16 feet, he shoots about 47-ish percent, which is good. In fact, it's it's elite. It's one of the best players in the NBA. But this season, he's shooting over 60% in that area. He's not just an elite scorer as far as just scoring from the mid-range for his career. He's having the best season of his career. This is the highest he's ever shot from those distances he his shot from mid-range is better than a lot of players layups it's better than most players at the rim i would say outside of most of the stars or big centers and stuff like that his efficiency from mid-range is absurd it's just you can't really compare you know the difference between playing that style of basketball without kd compared to playing that style of basketball with kd is just so dramatically different. He is having the best year, basically by any mid-range scorer, of, uh, ever so far this season. <laughs> and it's just, you know, you can't 
you can't draw a lot of historical comparisons here because it's just he's different as as he's Devin Booker said. Yeah, Mike V. Hill, 2023. He's different. <laughs> That's that, There's our analysis. I mean, he was just spamming these shots where these mid-range shots in the third quarter, fourth quarter, where he just sees over the defense, and it's automatic, man. Where it's they like, play so what good is, defense. You know? What is there to say? What is yeah. there to say about that? Yeah. There's, there's nothing for me to say about that that you can't see with your eyes. Yeah. He's different. It's, He's, it's we're, we're calling it ethical hoops. It's ethical right? hoops, yeah. By the way. <laughs> Because cause guys on this team, I don't care what people say about the Chris Paul rip-through, guys on this team don't grift. We're mm. going to have a lot of nights like this where they have 12 free throw attempts and they still yeah. win the damn game. That's <laughs> ethical hoops. <laughs> and there's just you nowhere on the score, uh, on the court that they can't score. You know, two of those guys. And, you know, when Chris Paul's feeling it, it's not going to be every night with Chris Paul anymore. We already know that. But when Chris Paul's feeling it, it's the same thing with him, too. He's as good as the other two on, on those nights. For yeah, sure. exactly. Exactly. And it's going to be fascinating to watch. It's just so weird, you know, to see Kevin Durant in a, in a Suns jersey, by the way. Have you ordered a jersey yet, by the way? <laughs> no, I, heard I haven't. I could just stores. go there. I could yeah, probably yeah, just yeah, go to the point. arena and, and get one. But, yeah, I mean, if I get one, it's got to be the purple one, I will say. I'm excited to see them wear that one. You know, not the not my favorite jersey for them to debut Kevin Durant in. Uh, as far as the white jerseys, probably my least favorite of the ones that they wear so far this season. Uh, but it was really cool to see him. Another thing I wanted to mention with you is that no Terrence Ross in this game. Ishwain mm. Wright played a little bit. Torrey Craig played a little bit to start. But then Monty went to TJ Warren. You know, people have been asking to see TJ Warren play. Not a great Look, offensive showing for TJ Warren in this game. One for five. Let me just say, um, a game high. Kevin Durant was second <laughs> on the team, plus 13. TJ yeah. Warren, game high, plus 15 in 13 minutes. And just being on the court when Devin Booker and Kevin Durant were going Kevin off Durant. can, can yeah. help you out. <laughs> can no, help no. you out if you're TJ Warren in that specific stat. But what I liked about him, you know, we talked about it in the playback, is he was just working hard defensively. And he's just, it, that's not something he's done throughout his career. And with TJ, the best season that most people can think of with TJ is the bubble season. And he was playing at his best. But the entirety of their offense when he was playing well revolved around him. And for TJ to carve out a role with this team, he has to be really impactful when that's not happening. And I have had my doubts on whether or not he could do that. And I still do, you know, but I did see somebody in TJ Warren today who seems to understand that and was working really hard to try and find ways to be effective defensively. And that's going to be really important for him because he's just not going to get a lot of shots on this team. It's, it's amazing what a couple of games of of sitting on the bench and maybe some reflection. Maybe he's had a conversation with Monty about this already, too. I wouldn't be surprised if, if that were the case. But a couple games of sitting there and maybe only playing seven minutes or not getting into the game at all. I'm sure TJ's had some time to think about what his role is on this team. The Suns still played 11 guys tonight. Like, they still need to trim down. the And Terrence Ross is... is not healthy. Um, and Landry Shamit. I know some people are going to laugh at me bringing him up at all, but he's not healthy. And we know Monty loves Landry Shamit. Yeah. So I mean, we still yeah. have to, we still have to trim this rotation. There's going to be a lot of competition in these wing spots. I would call it healthy competition. And I think you're seeing the benefit of that healthy competition tonight yeah. in a guy like TJ providing the effort he did. That doesn't guarantee that those minutes are going to be there every night. Uh, but for sure he deserves a chance to prove himself. Well, I think that's the reason the competition is important. 
right? Because they're competing for a role. They're not competing to get a bunch of shots. You know, they have to understand what the Suns need out of them in order to get minutes. And, you know, it's a luxury to have guys like Torrey Craig, Ish Wainwright, and TJ Warren all competing for those minutes. And I think when Damian Lee, you know, is not playing as well as he's been playing so far this season lately, you know, it's going to be the same thing with Damian Lee, uh, Terrence Ross, and Landry Shamit when Landry Shamit's healthy. All three of those guys are essentially going to be competing for the same role in the playoffs. And that's good. That's a good thing to have. And, you know, understanding what the Suns need out of that is going to be the most important thing. And to see TJ Warren compete defensively, he had, you know, he had a block and a, and a steal in this game. And those kinds of things are going to be really important for him, getting rebounds. He doesn't have the fastest shot release from three, True. which is going to limit some of the threes that he's going to be able to take. So that, I think, hurts him a little bit with trying to find uh, his way into the rhythm, into the rotation. But if they find ways to get him wide open, which I think they will, he can still make that, and, and that's going to be important for him too. Not the great, the greatest offensive showing, like I said. Still can't pass. Um, he'll have he'll have better ones. Though. Yeah, but I, I said exactly. I mean, offense is his, it's his skill. That's what he's good at. So I'm not as worried about that. Although, you know, he's got to move the ball every once in a while. Just prove that you can, TJ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> prove that you can get an assist on the Suns, and I think that would help him out a little bit. Last thing I'll say here maybe before we start to wrap things up, just, um, you know, they had an all-bench lineup out there for a few minutes today because Katie's on a minutes restriction. He only played 27 minutes. Not something I'm worried about at this point. I know a lot of people are talking about it, but um, let's see what it looks like post-minutes restriction. If we're still getting five-plus minutes of all-bench at the same time, then maybe I would sound the alarm because obviously those those lineups did not look good. Uh, but not, I'm, I'm not there yet. So I just wanted to address that. Yeah, it's against Charlotte too, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, part of it. Right. You've seen Monty against good teams tends to shorten the rotation a little bit. And, you know, I think that you kind of have to afford them some ability to experiment for the rest of the season because there's just a bunch of new guys. And that means that they're going to be experimenting every once in a while. So I look forward to watching that for the most part. I just hope it leads to wins most of the time. And that's the advantage of having two two aces, if you will in Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, and both of them playing well. Uh, yeah, it's going to be fascinating to watch this team for the rest of the season, Sam. We're going to have a lot what of time. S- this was a completely, I mean, it's been a surreal experience in general. This was a completely surreal day of, especially the past few hours of watching the game, now getting to talk about the game. But this was like all I looked forward to today, <laughs> <laughs> to be entirely honest with you. So like just this was such such a weird experience i'm sure a lot of people had the same same thing happen could not focus at work one bit i was just thinking about the game we gotta watch this guy in his son's uniform see what's gonna happen and uh we're finally here new chapter is here so uh right now what happens nuggets one seed memphis grizzlies two seed sacramento kings are the third seed and then the Suns are fourth by the way warriors kind of back in it here and steph supposedly coming back soon then the Clippers and then we got the group of the play-in teams with the Portland Trailblazers and the Lakers still kind of out of that play-in race right now maybe could claw their way into it the Kings the Suns are three games back from the Kings do you think there's a chance the Suns catch them they're still playing pretty well there's absolutely a chance but uh yeah it's three games back with 20 to go is kind of a, a pretty steep difference um but I mean look if we go 15 and 5 or better then yeah we're right in it 
I could see the Suns catching them. I could also see, I hate to say this about the Grizzlies, but I could also see the Grizzlies dropping out a little bit too. Maybe the top three being Denver, Sacramento, and Phoenix. But look, we're going to have to see them play against a good team uh, as well, <laughs> as far as the Suns go. You know, Chicago, Friday, we've been playing okay. Um, and we'll see what ends up happening uh, later on. It's going to be fascinating to watch this team the rest of the season. Keep an eye on those standings, I would say, because things could change pretty quickly here. Uh, you next, got anything else um, before we go? Uh, just housekeeping next episode for us. So, again, we're trying to get back on a normal schedule now. Definitely want to get this pod out to you guys just so you have some KD content to chew on. Um, but next pod probably going to come out like Monday next week yeah. after the Sunday game. And uh, then we'll try and be back on a regular schedule for sure. That's right. Yep. And, uh, yeah, it was a blast today in the playback. So if, if you're one of the people who joined us, we really appreciate you over 200 and 30 people at one point insane Um, a a crazy (laughs) halftime show inspired by our discord which was a blast as well Uh, shout out to birdo for for doing that um but yeah appreciate you guys if you'd like to join our patreon and be involved in those crazy discord conversations you can join at patreon.com slash the timeline we will have some updates on playback soon we'll let you know when our next game will be but we appreciate you guys and we'll be back soon Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.